Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash mom hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the mom hour. I'm Sarah Powers. And I'm Megan Francis, and we're excited to bring you a bonus conversation today. It's part of a special series we're doing this month. Yeah, so earlier this week on Tuesday, we republished a classic episode from way back in our early archives. And today we're featuring two moms from our contributor team adding their fresh take on the same topic. Right. So you might want to listen to Tuesday's episode before you dive into this one. All right, Sarah, this is the part where you and I get out of the way and let the team do their thing, right? That's right. Off we go. Enjoy, everyone. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us, and we're the hosts of The Mom Hour. On this show, we're joined by a team of unique mom voices from across the country and in different stages of motherhood to bring you tips, ideas, and encouragement, and to help you feel a little less alone. We all know that motherhood is a lot easier when real moms share honest truths and remind each other that it's all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. All right. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. I'm Kia, and I'm here with Emily Rorick. Am I saying your name right? Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking. Okay. They can can edit that part out. (laughs) I meant to ask you that before we started. Okay. We're excited to bring you a bonus episode conversation today with our thoughts on the episode that aired earlier this week that was called Coping with Sleep Deprivation. So if you haven't already listened to that episode, it's a classic from the Mom Hour archives, and we really recommend checking that out before you listen to this episode where we just kind of share our thoughts about it all. Emily, do you want to remind everyone like where you live and some details about your family? Sure. I live in a suburb of Indianapolis, Indiana, and I have three kids, ages seven, five, and three. All right. And like I said, I'm Kia. I live in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I have four kids. They are 14, five, three, and the baby's almost 18 months old. All right. So I know we had a lot of thoughts about this episode when we listened. I think I listened to it like three Mm -hmm. times because I just loved it so much. Um, especially because I feel like I've been like chronically sleep deprived the last like five years. Yeah, I get that. So Emily, let me ask you, did you sleep through the night last night? I did not sleep through the night last night, but it's not my kid's fault. I was up to go to the bathroom around midnight and then I had trouble falling back asleep. But sometimes with older kids, they're still up in the middle of the night. You just never know. (laughs) 
I know. I did not sleep well last night. But I had Elsie in my bed because we mm-hmm. co-sleep. And she, she does not understand that, like, my pillow is my pillow and she's supposed to use her own. Um, and then Brayden actually came in my room last night, which doesn't always happen, but he did. So I just like to embrace him a little bit instead of, like, making him scared to, like, go right back to his room. So that was interesting. Was sleep deprivation worse for you, would you say, in, like, pregnancy or postpartum or, like, the early postpartum days? So for me, it was worse during pregnancy. I had pregnancy insomnia with all of my pregnancies. Starting out in the first trimester. So um, I just never slept very well. And then, of course, at the end, I didn't. I had a big pregnancy pillow, but still very <laughs> uncomfortable. So I always liked knowing that even though I would be up a lot at night, once I fed the baby and changed the baby, I would fall right back to sleep. Yeah, same. I think pregnancy was worse than postpartum for me. I remember like Googling every pregnancy. Like, is this a thing to not sleep well in the first trimester? <laughs> I know. Because I felt like I had the insomnia too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. You kind of feel like, is something wrong with me? And then, you know, good old Google. Um, I also had the pregnancy pillow with like my second pregnancy, I want to say. I think it's just like one of those things you like feel like you have to buy, but yeah. I didn't really love it. Oh, you didn't? That's interesting. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't love it. I and then my last pregnancy, I remember my hip and pelvic pain was really bad. And I had like this special knee pillow. And then I had like a wedge pillow behind mm-hmm. me. I had like all the things. I had the wedge <laughs> pillow too. It's funny. You just have to Yeah. Like, it's helpful. Yeah. <laughs> it is helpful. All right. So in this episode, um, Megan, when that episode, Megan and Sarah were talking about like self-care for you when you're like so sleep deprived of like even like the little things, like eating well. So when you're sleep deprived, Emily, like how well do you think you eat? So when I'm overtired, I end up mindlessly snacking way more than when I'm well rested. So I wouldn't say that I eat as well. I guess um, I also just don't have the energy to cook as much as if I'm not as tired. And I like to cook, but it's hard Mm -hmm. when you're tired. And especially the five o'clock hour is when I'm just feeling done because my kids wake up pretty early like the six o'clock hours so we've been going for a long time and then if I'm sleep deprived it's just worse yes I feel that by that time of the day you're like oh I'm done (laughs) yeah same I feel like I snack a lot or like if I know that I'm gonna have like a crazy week coming up I might like try to meal prep some like healthy snacks or like dinner or like try to grocery shop like really healthily so that I grab like blueberries instead of chips for a snack or something like that that's smart (laughs) but otherwise sometimes I feel like I'm like nauseous when I'm tired like Mm -hmm. I don't even really want to eat so then I might like not even really feed myself it's just it can be like a negative yeah I know what you mean and then we don't eat if you're more nauseous and then yeah you're like not giving your body that fuel to like continue on yeah (laughs) it is hard and especially if you're newly postpartum I always loved when people brought us food. That was like my favorite postpartum gift because then I didn't have to think about it because otherwise we would just go get takeout or eat, you know, really quick things at home. Yeah. I remember one of my babies, my sister brought me over like a baked oatmeal and a shepherd's pie. And other than that, I haven't really had like experiences where people like bring us food, but we always live next to like a pizza spot. Mm -hmm. So like, I just felt like we ate out a lot in the early postpartum days. 
I also try to like stay on top of my supplements. So like if I'm really tired, I can get migraines. Like my migraines are triggered by like my body being really tired or really stressed. So I try to like always stay on top of those, but then I can't eat them on an empty stomach or like take Mm -hmm. them on an empty stomach. So it's just like a whole weird thing. Yeah, I know what you mean. I can't either. It hurts my stomach if I do that. They also talked about like staying physically active, like going for walks, which I really try to do. Like my kids love to take walks. So even if we like lap the block a few times, that feels pretty good to me to get outside in the sun, even if I absolutely do not want to. Um, I also have a Peloton which I go through spurts on. I have one too, and I'm the same and then, way. <laughs> yeah, and then sometimes I'm just like, let me just like do some yoga poses and like move my body lightly and slowly. And that usually like ends up making me feel pretty good. Like I even did that yesterday before work. And I do see like a difference in like my mood. Yeah, I'm the same. So if I'm not getting enough sleep and I do like a high intensity workout, I feel like I will end up getting sick, especially if it's winter and my kids are, well, winter and spring. I feel like the kids have been sick so much this year. It doesn't matter what season it is. So, um, <laughs> so yes, walking is good for me, especially if it's, we have a treadmill, but I would rather be outside at this time of year if it's not too hot and Pilates and bar workouts and kind of lower impact seems to help. Yeah. Cause if I get too ambitious, I'm like, let's do a full on like weighted workout with like, you know, dumbbells. And then the next day I'm tired and I'm sore. I'm like, Oh, I'm never doing that again. Yeah, it's too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then one other thing I was thinking about too, as far as like self-care is like the things that make like me feel comfy and like a little bit more spoiled by myself when I'm sleep deprived is like having really nice pajamas to put on. I have like this really nice robe that I wear. I like to go to sleep with like a heating pad. Like I have one of those huge heating pads that you like plug in next to your bed. Mm -hmm. So I love to sleep on that. Um, I always try to be really um, like conscious about doing my self-care skin routine at night before bed. Um, And I do use the Calm Calm app sometimes. Um, And I know my husband really likes when I put that on too. And then having something in the morning to look forward to. So like I get excited at night that I'm going to drink my coffee in the morning. Or if like I make my favorite breakfast burrito, I'm like, yes, I get to eat my favorite burrito in the morning or like my chia seed pudding. So like those little things, I think, put like a little pep in my step when I'm feeling tired. How about you? Yeah, we're very similar because I could say the same thing about myself. I feel like (laughs) my pajama drawer is fuller than my regular clothes, Um, especially just in like (laughs) just since the pandemic. I think I started add, you know, and. I know we both had babies during the pandemic, and so we were home a lot. So, yeah, yep. I love comfy comfy clothes, a robe. Um, I also like to start my bedtime routine early. So when I'm getting my kids ready for bed, like around 7.30, 8 o'clock, I will also get myself ready for bed because I don't want to fall asleep without washing my face and brushing my teeth. And, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it's not like this in all seasons, but just when I am extra tired, that is helpful. And I like to have something to look forward to in the morning, too. I only drink decaf coffee because coffee makes me jittery, but I still like to look forward to that ritual. Having, like, a good creamer mm-hmm. for your coffee. Yeah. yeah. And when, like, I would have, like, in the fresh new- newborn period, postpartum period, I always took a shower at night right after we put all the other kids to bed. And my husband, I'd, like, nurse the baby. My husband would take the baby. And I would do, like, my shower at night because, like, the mornings are way too hectic. And he was usually at work in the mornings. Um, and so I really liked how that worked because I have to shower to like, 
like daily to feel like a human. Mm -hmm. And it just worked out really well in the early postpartum period to do it at night after I put the kids to bed. I still do that. So I started that too after years ago, I guess, after having my first. And it's just, it's so much easier, especially during the school year when the kids are getting up early. It's nice for me to already have that over with. (laughs) And I know you and I talked a lot about before, like just um, in like our personal friendship about how we so bad want to be the mom that like wakes up before our kids and does stuff for us for ourselves but I just can't right now (laughs) and it's funny because my youngest is three you had you had one after I had our three-year-olds but yeah Uh I still don't feel like I can do it (laughs) no I'm not there but one day right maybe Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code themomhour 15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. And so they also talked about in the episode, Megan and Sarah, about sharing duties and like shifts with our husbands and just kind of like being on the same page. How did that go with your husband? Like I'm thinking, especially in the newborn days. So in the newborn days, we didn't really split shifts. I've heard of families doing like, Sarah talked about this, like her husband would take a three hour shift and then she would do the rest of the night. We never really Mm -hmm. did that. Um, And I did, we used bottles mostly. So my husband was able to help 
but he went to back to work so quickly um, after I had my kids that I always felt bad making him get up at night. So usually I would mm-hmm. get up during the week and then he would get up on the weekends and then he would let me sleep in. And now that our kids are older and they still have wake ups, whether it's for nightmares or bedwetting or whatever, he's usually the one that handles it now because he just doesn't require as much sleep as I do. And he's I'm a lot moodier than he is. So I know if he gets up, he'll be fine in the morning, whereas I will not be the nicest person. (laughs) Emily, that is literally me. (laughs) My husband will get like five hours of sleep, four hours of sleep and be still the nicest, most patient human on the planet. And I'm like, no, I cannot do this today. I need my sleep. Even like an extra 30 minutes that he'll give me makes like a big difference. But in the I'm just thinking like in the newborn days. My husband always got up with me. Like if I was nursing a baby, he would get up and like help with the boppy or like get me water and like just kind of stay up with me during the feeding. Um, I also had two formula fed babies too. And so he would like take shifts with them and feed them. He actually really loved that for like our first child together in 2017. He really liked making her bottles and feeding her at night. And so with the, our last two babies that were exclusively breastfed, he like talks about missing that like nighttime specialness with them. Um, so he doesn't mind like getting up and doing diapers and stuff. Um, but like now as the kids are older, he's the one that gets up to like my five-year-old might come in sometimes and say she had a bad dream. And uh, once one of us to lay with him, her and my husband Taj is like, Yep, I'll go in there with her. And sometimes he'll like even fall asleep in there. That's so nice of him. Yeah, you reminded me. My husband yes. used to get up and make the bottles. I forgot that he did that. He would go get the bottles and then he would come back and go to sleep. And then I would feed the baby. So it was helpful. And I remember my dad, my mom used to always say my my dad got up too. And like he was one that would get up with the babies. And there were six of us. And I always just kind of thought that I wanted a husband that would get up and help with babies. Like that just... Like he set the standard. That's so nice. My mom said the same thing about my dad. My mom and dad would do the same thing. Like she'd take the week and he'd take the weekend and it all works out. Yes. All right. So Megan and Sarah had a lot to say about like screens at night when you're up with the baby or breastfeeding or pumping or all the things. So what did that look like for you? Like, did you use your phone? Was it um, more of a distraction? Did it like not help you be able to go back to sleep right away. What did that look like for you? So in the early days, I did pump um, for like a month with two of my kids. And I never wanted to disrupt anyone else in the house. So I would go out into the living room and pump out there. And to keep myself awake, I would turn the TV on. So my pumping show was New Girl. So I would turn it on and watch (laughs) that for 20 minutes or whatever. I don't think it was that helpful because I do think it just made me more awake and then it took me longer to fall back asleep. Um, Once I was done pumping, I didn't do that anymore. But no, I didn't really use my phone. I feel like the blue light from my phone bothers me a lot more than the light from the TV for some reason. And even now when I'm going to bed, I like to fall asleep with the TV on and it won't bother me. But if I wake up in the middle of the night and I can't fall back asleep, I will look at my phone mindlessly and I know I should not because then I'm even wider awake. Does it affect you? Mm -hmm. That's interesting you say you can fall asleep with the TV on because I could not fall asleep with the TV on. My husband could. I'm just not like a big TV watcher. So like 
I don't like having a TV in our bedroom because I don't ever really watch it, but like my husband does and I could never fall asleep with it on. But I would like you go to the living room to like feed a baby or like if I was pumping, like I exclusively pump for some time and I would always go to the living room and I would turn the TV on um, and just to kind of like help me relax because I hated pumping um, to like take my mind off it, like forget that I was pumping. Yes. Um, I don't think I would scroll too much. Um, I know I like my Kindle and I went through a big like kick where I would like finish audiobooks during the night and listen to podcasts. Um, I also binge watched um, Call the Midwife for my last three babies. So that was like always a treat when I would like get up in the middle of the night to go pump or feed baby and I would watch that over and over again. It's like my favorite show ever. And so that was always nice. I like it too, but it's funny you see that I could not watch it when I was pregnant or postpartum because well, at least the earlier seasons, there's kind of a lot of traumatic things that happen. And maybe because you're a nurse, you see that in real life anyway. But for me, uh, it was hard for me to yeah. watch. <laughs> I think that's what it is, is that especially being a postpartum nurse, like knowing all the things. I just I just love all everything baby and birth world. Yeah. And my kids would watch it, too. Like if I was even up during the day and if it would be on and they would like see the births and ask questions. And it's like, yep, that's how this little babe came. Um that's cute. It is kind of a comforting show. The theme song is comforting to me. <laughs> yes. And the nuns in that show, I just, I love, I just love them. I love that cast. Okay. So in this episode, Megan makes a comment saying, nothing on Instagram gets me fired up and mad. It's just pretty pictures. And this podcast, this podcast episode was recorded in 2017 for reference. And um, I just thought this was so funny hearing that comment because... It's not like that at all anymore. And I had my second baby in 2017. And I would agree with her at that time. I could get on Instagram and just see people's family vacations and back to school pictures and things like that. And um, and then I had my last baby in 2020. And it was completely different. I feel like um, when Instagram added the story feature, people started posting a lot more political, opinionated, bad news stories, and especially during the pandemic and just the election mm. and, you know, all of the things. So uh, when I was scrolling that year, I would just have to put my phone in another room so I wasn't tempted to look at what was happening in the world because it was just so hard anyway. Yes, I was cracking up laughing when Megan said that in the episode because I was like oh my how how things have changed and just like you said I had my second baby in 2017 too and I don't think I really scrolled that much um like at night I don't think I reached for my phone that much but if I did like it would be a calming pictures probably like happy pictures and then we both had our 2020 babies and you would be triggered if you got online (laughs) in the middle of the night Yes, between like pandemic mm-hmm. things, election things, and just everything in between, there's no way if you wanted to go back to sleep peacefully that you should probably get on Instagram around that time. No. <laughs> Do you think it's getting better? Even now, no, sometimes. That's what I was say. Yeah. Do you think it's getting better? I feel like people want it to get, people are talking about wanting to go back to the old Instagram, but I don't know if we can ever go back to the old Instagram. I don't think, like you mean like more mm-hmm. pictures instead of yes. videos and such? I don't think we'll ever go back. I think sometimes people just like go along with the trends of like what brings people to your page more. Right. Um, 
But sometimes if I want to scroll Instagram, I'll go to like my favorite page that like I want to see. Like I love to look at recipes in the middle mm-hmm. of the night if I'm up. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to make this this week. Um, But I can't just like scroll and look at anything because that will make me, it will get me fired no, up. I'm the same way. <laughs> anything, the news really triggers me like in pregnancy and postpartum or when I'm really tired because I, my mind just goes to worst case scenarios. So Instagram's yes. not the happy place it used to be in 2017. All right. So Emily, tell me about your bedtime. Okay. So I mentioned it before. Um, I typically get ready for bed pretty early when my kids are getting ready for bed. And then I, well, now that we're on summer break now, and so we don't have after school activities, so I can go to bed early ish if I want to. So that's what I've been doing lately. So I'll go get in bed around eight o'clock and I know it's early. And then I love that. <laughs> I am kind of weird. <laughs> I like falling asleep when it's still light outside. I don't like, I know oh. my family thinks it's kind of weird, but in the winter, <laughs> in the winter, I don't like winter. Like I'm prone to, um, seasonal depression. I just don't like the darkness. Mm-hmm. So I love when the days start getting longer. And in Indiana where I live, it doesn't really get dark until 10 o'clock at night. So, I mean, I could be going to bed at nine 30 and it's still light outside, but it's comforting to me <laughs> to still be light outside. Like Aww. I just feel happier when it's light outside. So I don't go, Aww. I don't I know. I don't fall right to sleep. Like I said, I'll watch a show. Um, my husband doesn't always go to bed at the same time because he's, you know, he wants to work out or like do some more work or whatever. But mm-hmm. we'll usually eventually watch a show together and then that's how I fall asleep. But I definitely have had seasons where I want more time to myself. So I stay up until 11 o'clock, you know, just get in yeah. alone time, um, especially when we have activities going on after school. What about you? Yeah, my kid's bedtime, like, in the winter is 7.30. But, like, now my three-year-old would be like, but, Mom, it's not dark outside. I know. That is one hard thing. <laughs> so sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's literally, like, 8.30 where I can convince them to, like, come on, guys. Let's late. Let's at least be in our beds in the room. Um, but as far as me, I, my bedtime's, like, all over the place, especially because I work second shift. So sometimes I work 3 to 11. Sometimes I work 3 p.m. to 3 a.m. So like then I won't go to bed till 4. My kids wake up at 6. I don't know how you do that. So it just, I wish. And then mind you, I just went back to work like almost four months ago. So when I was a stay-at-home mom for that two and a half years, um, it would just depend. Like sometimes my sleep was good. Sometimes it wasn't. Like I said, I'm still nursing Elsie and she is a co-sleeper like in our actual bed. So it just depends. Sometimes she would be good. Sometimes not. Uh, We just started, I want to say like two months ago, telling her like, you don't get milk at night. Like even if she's in our bed, like milky is not night. So that helped a little bit. Um, Yeah. What time do your kids go to bed then? If you go up around eight and like, what's their bedroom situation? Like, is it close to you guys? Um, Do they wake up at night much? Like Sarah talked about having a croupy kid. Or like a kid with coughs, mm-hmm. like kids have bad dreams and such and things like that. How's that look for you? So our kids typically go to bed around, oh, okay. We like to start bedtime around 7.30. Like you said, it really mm-hmm. depends. Um, on days where they've been playing outside a lot, they'll be asleep by eight. But like, especially during the school year, like after school activities, it's maybe 8.30. Mm-hmm. 
still pretty early though. And we have a 1960s ranch house. So all of our bedrooms are on one side of the house, really close together. So from my bedroom, if I'm laying in bed and the doors are open, I can see my three-year-old's crib. So I can hear everything. That's nice. Yeah, it is nice. It has pros and cons, I'll say. We still, yes, yes. <laughs> we still, um, we close our doors at nighttime. So I still sleep at the monitor by my bed for her, even though she's three. She's, she'd probably be fine, but she's in a crib. So she needs to get out. I need to hear her. And, um, my kids don't wake up a ton anymore, but I can relate to Sarah because I, my middle child is prone to the creepy coughs since he's, since he was three months old. He's had this, I don't know, he just has a smaller airway, I guess, and it really, affects him when he gets sick. So anytime I hear a cough or a sniffle or anything in the middle of the night, it definitely triggers me and I want to go check them and make sure they're okay. Um, and then we do have kids getting up sometimes with bad dreams. And then, like I mentioned, the bedwetting. Um, I don't think people talk about that because I obviously don't want to embarrass my kids, but that's a thing. Mm-hmm. So all of my kids are potty trained, but the nighttime training takes longer. So um, sometimes we're up with that. Um, but it's definitely getting easier. Yeah. We are welcoming back Ritual as a sponsor today. Megan, we both try to make healthy choices, but you know, sometimes it's tricky to sort through fact and fiction when it comes to supplements and vitamins to figure out just what they're doing for us. That's why I'm glad Ritual keeps studying their products and sharing the results, especially as it relates to women, since women are the focus of all Ritual's products, including the Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin. And the results are super reassuring. Just as an example, Ritual conducted a university-led clinical trial for their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin, and it was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin is made with high-quality and traceable key nutrients in clean, bioavailable forms with nine key nutrients in two capsules per day. Plus, they are leading the industry when it comes to sustainability. They use lower carbon packaging and prioritize sustainably sourced ingredients. That kind of thoughtfulness really matters to me. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash the mom hour. Start Ritual or add the Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash the mom hour for 25% off. Megan, one thing I love about living in the time that we do is the way technology is transforming so many areas of our lives, not just to make things faster, but also to expand access to more people. And I'm not just talking about meal delivery or transportation, but even like the way our kids learn music. Yeah, Sarah, children's music education does not always have to be left up to in-person classroom teachers or private instructors like it was when we were growing up. Our sponsor, Carnegie Hall Kids, is putting great online resources right at our kids' fingertips. Yeah, we've shared about Carnegie Hall Kids in the past, and they're really great educational quizzes, games, and videos for kids and families. But I'm really excited to tell everybody about their new Sites You Can Hear quiz. This is really cool. It's an online quiz you can do with your kids or they can do on their own, and it plays a piece of music, and then you guess what visual image or scene it sounds like. Almost like one of those inkblot tests, but for your ears. Okay, I really want to take that quiz. And a really cool thing is everything on the Carnegie Hall Kids website is totally free. Listeners, start the musical journey early and go to kids.carnegiehall.org to check out fun, child-friendly games and quizzes free. I'm curious. We've never co-slept. Our 
I mean, um, not in the same bed at least. So put mm-hmm. Elsie down first and then come back to bed later, or do you all go to bed at the same time? It depends what season Elsie is in. So like before, um, like when they're newborns, um, up until like four months, I want to say they are, we're co-sleeping as in her crib is in my room. Okay. And so she sleeps in her crib only for the most part. And then they'll like show like transition to my bed. And this has only been my last two babies that have been exclusively breastfed just because it's just easier for me that way to have them in bed, you know, have all access. Um, now that she's a little older, I cannot put her in her crib to go to bed first. My husband can. So if Taj lays her in the crib and says it's time for bed. And right after we put the other kids to bed or like the same time, she'll go to sleep. But then eventually wake up and come in our okay. bed. She will not lay down for me in her crib for the life of me. Oh, that's hard. <laughs> it is hard. Um, but we are getting ready to move actually next week. And right now our bedroom situation is the same as yours. Like we're all in this one little tiny hallway. I could see in all of their rooms from our bedroom. And then we're moving next weekend. And all of the three little kids are in the attic. Um, well, the third floor. Um, and their hallway is right outside my bedroom. So I would have to go up steps to, to their bedroom. So obviously I have a baby monitor. I will have a baby monitor in there. But Elsie's getting kicked out <laughs> of our room. So <laughs> I know that at one point here, maybe in a couple weeks, months, I will be sleeping well again. Um, but I know it's going to be, it's going to get like worse before it gets right. better. As far as like adjusting her her to being in the bedroom now the three youngest will share a bedroom because there's two bedrooms up there but the way we have it we think um aspen and brayden the five and three-year-old share a bedroom right now and they really like that so i think just putting them all in there together elsie the baby really loves to like be in there with them so i think that it will go smoothly and she's still in a crib um hopefully that lasts a little bit longer because she's only 18 months i love that your three-year-old is still in a crib she is I know my mom was just yes me. I love that my mom was just asking me when I plan to move her out but it is getting she's potty trained so sometimes she'll want to get out to go to the bathroom before bed and that would be nice to have her get out and go by herself but at the same time I like that she is contained still but our, our yes. situation is similar my oldest two share a room and then Hazel has her own room but they love being in the same room together and if if I suggest maybe one of them sleeping alone because they're sick or something, they won't do it. So I think our kids will be fine. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm hopeful. But I like I said, I sh- I'm sure she's going to put up like a fight, which is yeah. it's just fine. I'm ready for it. How about the whole sleep when the baby sleeps and taking naps? How did that work for you? OK, so in the early days when I had my oldest. I had postpartum anxiety and so taking a nap was not appealing to me because I wanted to watch her sleep, which we have, you and I were on an episode together talking about that. And, um, you know, I had to get help for that. And so I recognize Mm -hmm. that's not totally normal, but I think it is for a first time mom. I think that's kind of common to want to stay awake and make sure baby's doing what they're supposed to be doing. But as time went on with my other kids, um, well, once you have a second and a third child, you have other kids to take care of. So napping was really <laughs> <Yep>. easy. <laughs> but now that my kids are getting older and then um, in school and then my three-year-old still naps, I will take a nap if I can during the day, um, especially in the summer. It's just exhausting being in the heat and um, 
being physically exhausted. And I know I'm, it's a privilege because I'm a stay at home mom and I can do that. So, um, yeah, nap time. Like if I take a nap, it doesn't really affect my bedtime. Okay. Does it for you? So I don't like to nap if like, I'm just going to nap. Like if I get Elsie down for a nap by herself, um, I'm like, I'm going to sneak out and go do mm-hmm. something. And sometimes I might be like, I love to mop when the kids nap because I don't have little feet on the floor or like read a book or like do something, some type of work that I have to get done. Or sometimes I might even like sneak in an episode of my favorite show. But other than that, I really only like to nap if I have to nap with my kids. So like sometimes if before I work a 12 hour shift um, around noon, I might have Brayden and Elsie come in my bed and we'll take a little snooze together. Um, it can't be too long because I'm one of those people that get grumpy after a long nap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know what you mean about the watching your baby sleep kind of thing. Um, and we did talk about that on the postpartum uh, like mood disorder episode. We can link that in the show notes. You, you and I talked about that, the anxiety we have of watching our baby sleep. Um, and I specifically had that with my second baby, I remember. And yeah, it was really bad anxiety and I needed help with that too. I'm glad he brought that up because. I'm sure a lot of moms go through that. I think so. And I think that being sleep deprived makes it worse for me, at least. Even now, if I'm not getting enough sleep and my kids have been sick, my mind, like I talked about it, my mind will just race. And then I'm up in the middle of the night thinking, you know, irrational thoughts. Yeah. (laughs) I think as a nurse, it doesn't help me when my kids are sick because I go completely completely negative mm-hmm. where I'm like all I know all the things that could happen and so it doesn't my knowledge does not bring me comfort it brings me so much more stress um if they're sick and I'm yeah an anxious mess I'm not a good sick sick mom kid I'm not yeah. either good thing we have a lot of kids <laughs> yes <laughs> um all right so Megan and Sarah also talked about like calling in professionals so like sleep coaches and things like that. Have you done any of that? So um, I just mentioned my oldest had trouble sleeping around two. She was a really good newborn sleeper. I remember my pediatrician saying, don't tell anyone this because, you know, they won't like you if you tell them. Yes. (laughs) Around eight months, um, I guess when she started teething, she just had frequent wake-ups we ended up bringing her back into our room to sleep to see if that would help it didn't really help and then um I had my second when she a little bit before she turned two I'm sure that didn't help her sleep because she probably heard him crying so our bedrooms are close together mm-hmm. so um I was just so desperate for her to sleep I ordered this hypno babies sleep track I used hypno babies um during child for childbirth which basically just kind of teaches you to calm your mind and um Mm-hmm. Well, like it says, like hypnotize you a little bit. So they have these toddler ones and it's like a story. You put it on before they go to sleep and it's supposed to calm their mind. And um, it did nothing. It did nothing for her, but <laughs> but we paid money for it. Um, you know, we have like the room darkening shades, the, the sound machine. We never um, used an expert. Oh, we did take her to the chiropractor to see if that would help. And um mm-hmm. Eventually, it was just something she had to outgrow. Yeah. You definitely tried, like, all the things. Yes. <laughs> I was desperate. <laughs> Have you ever used anyone? Um, so, I was just thinking, we use a, we always use a sound machine for all of my kids. And when we move Elsie out of our room next week, 
I'm like not going to be able to sleep without a sound machine. I might have to keep that sound machine so for myself. So what you have to do is you have to turn your monitor on high because that's what I do. So I can listen to the sound machine. Oh, that's a good yeah. Idea. Yes, you're right. You're right. That is a thing. All right. So um, as far as the professionals, um, I know Megan talked about being like anxious about like bad things happening like during a certain stage in her life um, when she was sleep deprived. And that's how I get. So like my husband used to work swing shift. And like, he just did a month of night shifts and that makes me so anxious. Like I will convince myself that someone's actually breaking in, um, which is so scary when I like, cause I'm like planning, how am I going to get all my kids safe? And they're all in these different bedrooms and I can just like really psych no, myself I do out. the same um, thing. Yeah. So it got really bad after my pandemic baby. So like during the pandemic with all the other stress, um, but like I had a therapist then after he was born around seven months postpartum and that did really help. Um, I did see that you said you have a ring doorbell, which helps, um, helps you. And I do have one of those now. So it does, it help. does help. Sometimes my husband travels for work. Not frequently. I really feel for people whose husbands are gone, either work a night shift or they travel all the time. Cause I don't think I could function. I have such a, or I guess I would get used to it. But when my husband's out of town, um, yeah, I will stay up until that's like an exception. I'll stay up till midnight, one o'clock in the morning. Just think, you know. I keep my mind will not quiet. And, um, it's funny that you, the ring doorbell comforts me because I'm like, okay, well, if somebody comes to the door, at least I would know. But what that did happen one time, it was like two o'clock in the morning and the ring doorbell one went off and, um, it was a cat. <laughs> so it wasn't a person, but then I'm like, oh yeah, this is a little scary too. <laughs> or you get the neighborhood ring notifications oh. that like somebody was in their yard or their car. And I'm like, yes. oh, are they coming for me next? <laughs> I know. I know. There's really no great solution, but it is. That's a good reminder that we can get help for ourselves too, because I, I never really think about that. I just want to say too, and this is what I tell myself because my first and second babies are eight years apart. So my oldest was eight when I had my second baby. So like, that was like, I had like an independent child for the most part. So like, I know that sleep will come to me soon. <laughs> like this whole like de sleep deprivation season of life is short but the days are long when you're like really in it. Um, so I'm just saying that for like hope for anyone else, like your kid really will sleep. When I was pregnant with Elsie, Brayden, like you said, when you were pregnant and your um, toddler was not sleeping through the night, I remember feeling like I was going to actually lose my mind. Like, how am I ever going to sleep if I'm about to have a newborn, my toddler's still waking up at night crying and it just feels like it's never going to get better. And I tell people all the time, like Brayden, once he hit two, he slept amazingly like, yep, I'm ready for bed. And yep, I'm ready for naps. And so Elsie's 18 months. And so she'll be there soon. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I tell myself to make it all better. Yeah. Yeah. So do your older kids wake up at night at all? Aspen will sometimes come in. Um, like if she's had a bad dream. I remember one time, I will never forget it. I just opened my eyes and she was standing in front of me <laughs> in the pitch black dark. And I screamed. <laughs> Like there was an actual, actual monster or intruder in my house. I screamed. So <laughs> um, yes. So sometimes she'll wake up and come in and sometimes she'll wake up for wake up Taj and he'll go lay with her. Like I said earlier. Yeah. But your teenager is self-sufficient now. My teenager. Yeah. And, and she's the same way. Sometimes she'll come in and tell Taj like, Hey, I had a bad dream and he'll come Aww. lay with her too. That's nice. I know. He's the one that they go to. <laughs> Good for you. Mom's a little grumpy at yeah. night. <laughs> All right, Emily. I'm so glad I got to talk to you about this because our kids are so similar, like in ages, and we have so many similarities with our families. No, it was nice to talk to you too. 
Yes. Listeners, thank you so much for listening. This series will continue throughout the whole month of July. And so listen for more episodes just like this with different team members. And then Megan and Sarah will be back with new episodes in August. So thanks for listening and we will talk soon. Bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. And a big thanks to the moms on our team who stepped up to the mic today. If you'd like to learn more about our contributor team, visit themomhour.com slash contributors and check this episode's show description for links to follow today's co-hosts over on their socials. And Sarah, you and I will be back with brand new episodes of The Mom Hour starting Tuesday, August 1st. We'll talk to everybody then. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. The Mom Hour is brought to you by partners like Chatbooks. Chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Google Photos, or directly from your phone. The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20% off your purchase. Just download the Chatbooks app and use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20%.